morning, church. Go ahead and stand and join us. We're going to start off with some worship. Shame is a prison as cruel as a grave. Shame is a robber and he's come to take my name. Oh, love is my redeemer lifting me up from the ground. Love is the power where my freedom song is found. There ain't no grave.
singing some worship songs, some Christmas songs that are all about remembering the birth of Jesus, but how cool to end on why Jesus came in the first place. We sing that there ain't no grave because the grave didn't hold Jesus down and he came to life on earth, historically, real moment, really happened. I know, I'm excited about it too. And this is something that I love because for somebody... You know, for me, growing up in the faith, growing up in church, really, I, you hear so many different, you know, stories of things. You, you grow up with so many different, like, interesting things, like little child's books and things that you grow up hearing. And in, then I went to Sunday school and heard very similar things. And I think it's so interesting because it's hard, I think, at times to, to recognize and realize that this isn't just that. This isn't just another cool story that went along with Humpty Dumpty, you know, and uh, all those childhood stories and, and, and ideas that you had. This was a real historical event. The church did not exist before Jesus. So you, we are here as an example of a historical event that took place. And I come back to that constantly because when it comes down to my personal life, it begins to to affect the way I live, the way I do things. In a season like this where stress and anxiety and things get heightened, the overwhelming feeling of broken families, broken relationships, you see, you know, the Brady Bunch and you realize we're not that. That's not my life, that's not my story. It can get overwhelming and, and in these moments, I don't know, I just am constantly reminded of the goodness of God. I serve a good God, do you? Do you serve a good God this morning? Because the God that I serve sent his son so that we can worship him freely that, to recognize he takes care of all of the rest. But we're going to give it to him this morning. If you've got needs, if you've got things weighing on you, we're just going to pray. Because I believe when we worship, burdens get lifted off our shoulders. When we worship from our hearts, something in us changes, something shifts. When we offer those things to God, it, see it's not enough. Some of y'all, you hang out and you listen to worship. But when you don't engage it, when you don't participate, you, you rob yourself of the opportunity to be released of stress and anxiety and overwhelming feelings to hand them over to a God who sent his son just for you. So we're going to worship, but we're going to pray first. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Father, as we, as we center in right now, It can be the same thing said over and over and over again. I, I feel like a broken record sometimes, but I think it's so important that we, we really remember, truly, God, that you are here, that you sent your son, you are Emmanuel, God with us. So, Father, as we worship, I pray that we would just begin to experience the joy and the freedom and the relief that only comes from relationship with the God who is in control of it all when we choose to hand it to Him. I pray that this worship would be rich with praise, 
of those who have found the good news and it has changed their lives. You are worthy of our praise, King. So we give it to you in your name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together. Y'all know this one. If you want some joy this morning, let's sing it. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room in heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. We will sing, sing, sing. Joy to Thank you. 
Choices for your 
morning, good morning. Go ahead and take a seat. My name is Chase, and I get to be with you for a second and chat a little bit about giving. How many of you guys feel at peace? There's joy in your life. There is calmness. Zero hands. <laughs> this is a hectic, crazy season, and it is not usually one with those three words involved in it. I think we approach this season, we have all intentions. How many of us like have all of our gifts, not only purchased, but wrapped and under the tree? One hand. We're making progress. We have good intentions, right, of getting these things done, about being proactive. Every year I promise myself, I will not shop on Christmas Eve. And I always break that promise to myself, and this year is probably no different. Thank God for Amazon, though, because I don't think that, that late presence, it's okay. Intentions are right, right? The intentions are there. They matter. How many of us have ever received, like, an intention present? Like, I intended to get you a really nice item, but it's just not here yet. Yes, that's me. Um, in this season, we get the opportunity to kind of think we're going right into Christmas and how many know that it's New Year's and then it's Easter and then pretty much Christmas again and it feels like it'll go like that quick we get a chance to reflect for a season and just think like man this year has been amazing but how do I want to spend my next year I don't want to just have intentions for my next year not just resolutions for my next year but how am I gonna actually practice a different way of being in this next year when we talk about gratitude, you guys are amazing. We had a, a party here for foster teens in this valley, and this stage was packed with TVs and bikes and iPads and video game consoles. You guys are a generous, generous church. And I just think what a cool feeling that is to walk into this and to see these kids' eyes light up. It's like Christmas morning. When you see your kids' eyes light up, there's no feeling like it, right? Because you have some sort of investment in their life. Their joy is your joy. And I think the same goes for church and can be for church. When you see this thing thriving and people coming and having life change, it's a spike, like a, a spike of joy in your own life because you're a part of that. And every single year, hundreds and hundreds of people get to come in through these doors and experience Jesus, even if it's for just an hour. And we just want to say thank you guys for that because it makes a difference. There's kids from that party that we hear about still that come every single year looking forward to it. There's a kid that's about to age out and he's begging us to be able just to come and serve next year. How cool is that? And so your giving matters and we're grateful for it. There's three ways or four ways you can give. Um, if you want a Zelle pay, it's not on there, but you can also do that. Um, for me, I... I had really good intentions of giving tithe all the time, but I never carry like cash. Is there anyone in, like under the age of 30 that does has ever written a check? <laughs> so the last option is the greatest option for all of us because we all have phones and it's super easy and you can set a reoccurring gift um, because this can be something that gives you joy because you invested into it. So as the offering comes and the Excuse me, the ushers come forward. I'm going to pray over this. Thank you, Lord God, so much for today. I thank you, God, that you have granted and gifted us with such
blessings. That we get to be a part of this country and just a time period in the world that we are wealthier beyond imagination. And I thank you, Lord God, that, yeah, this church is so generous and we're changing lives. So I pray, Lord God, you would bless this offering, that we wouldn't have just good intentions. We'd have good follow through and good actions. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in your name. Amen. As they pass that around, why don't you help me in welcoming my wife? She's going to come join me for announcements. Good morning, everyone. My name's Elle. So good to see you here today. I'm just going to dismiss now the fifth and sixth graders that have been with us so far, just meeting in the lobby with your teachers and on your way to the J-Kids building. Perfect. If you guys have nothing to do on Christmas Eve because you just have a wide open schedule and like you just have tons of free time, come and join us. Christmas Eve, five and six. Bring as many people as you can. It's going to be amazing. The five o'clock service is always packed. So you, if you're going to come to that one, come super early. There will be no um, kids program, but it's only about 45 minutes long. So they should be all right. But make sure you come. It's an amazing service. And uh, if you would like to help us make this feel really, um, this place feel welcoming and really cozy for your like in-laws and everyone visiting from out of town, we do need some help with uh, passing out hot chocolates outside and uh, welcoming guests and just ushering. So if you would like to do that, uh, please make yourself known at the hotspot and they'll send you up uh, for the evening. Perfect. And then coming in January, I believe it's the 18th. Yep. We have a thing called Moms University. If you are a mother and you need to help raising your kids, or if you just want to be around other ladies that know what's going on in your life, or if you just want to not be with your child for a little while, this is a perfect opportunity for you to come and get away from them. You don't even have to listen. You could just nap if you want. It'll be awesome. And so if you want more information, go out to the hotspot. They'll be able to tell um, you all what's going on, how to sign up, and how to be a part. Perfect. And if this is your first time here, we're so happy you're here. Welcome. And we would love to give you a little gift. Nothing weird. Um, just a little something to say welcome. We're happy you're here. And it's at the hotspot as well. So don't hesitate to go out there. Uh, pass those doors to your right. And yeah, we'll get you set up. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah. If you guys don't mind, stand up and welcome someone around you. Tell them good day.
Christmas week. How fun is this? I'm really excited. I love Christmas. You know, 75% of people polled in America said that Christmas is their favorite of the season, is their favorite season of the year. And so hopefully that's you. If not, welcome anyway. So glad you guys are here. Um, welcome everybody online. Going to have some fun this morning. We're going to talk about something that's really important, continuing our series. But before we do that, I want to invite a couple people to the stage. Um, what we do is at Journey, we, as you probably know, um, we are a volunteer-run church, except for we have a couple staff members, there are three or four of us that <clears throat> are paid to do this, and everybody else does it for free. Everybody else, literally, the church could not operate were it not for the hundreds of people who volunteer to make it happen. And once in a while, you know, people make changes or transitions. There are those who, um, the scriptures define the pastoral role as the ones who equip the saints, that's you, believe it or not, you're a saint, for the works of ministry. In other words, we're here to kind of organize and then to help other people find their spots. And then the church is everybody doing their part. <clears throat> that's the way God designed it. Wasn't to be a viewer kind of thing, you know, participants only kind of event. Everybody serves, everybody gives, everybody is a part of it. This is a family. So every now and then, people transition in their season, and we're going to honor a couple of people who are transitioning right now. So if you guys are coming, Brianne, Sarah, would you guys come join me, Jim and Marilyn? Come on up. You know, part of, uh, part of being in my role or part of the pastoral team is I get the privilege of working with some of those amazing people. And um, some of the people on the stage today, I, I just want to acknowledge what their role is and what they've done and what they're moving into. Um, this is Brienne. Brienne Blanchard has been part of our team for, well, since the beginning. <clears throat> since the beginning of my time here, and Brienne has been in charge of kids, our J kids, for how long now? Do you remember how long it's been? It's been a long time. Years. Three years? Yeah. There you go. Well, for the last three years or so, Brianne's been running our J-Kids program. And uh, she has literally just, I, I know people are like, well, how do you get started like that? Well, she was a mom or she was basically just doing life. And she saw a need and she's like, man, I'm going to step up and help. And that's why, that's why we have such an amazing kids ministry because Brianne has stepped up and uh, joined us in J-Kids. So she's been doing that for the last number of years. And now she's not. <laughs> Now she's making a change. So, Brianne, tell us what's going on. Well, I decided to go back to school a year ago. So I am back in school working on my um, nursing degree. So pray for me, please. <laughs> and now your, your time for the J-Kids program has kind of come to an end. You're still around and helping out and stuff, but it's time for a new season. So who are you passing the torch to? Sarah Thomas. Yeah, Sarah Thomas. Yay! So pray for her as well. <clears throat> and um, we need volunteers, so if you want to help, come see Sarah, not me. <clears throat> Sarah will be taking on J-Kids, and uh, the way it worked, Brianne was part-time as a staff member. Um, Sarah's been part-time for just a handful of months doing, helping us out just kind of with the admin. Well, she actually is really, really good at all of this, and we've determined that she was a great fit for the J-Kids slash admin spot. So she's going to be doing everything, basically. So way to go, Sarah. Everything but, um, I told her she didn't have to speak today. So she gets to pass the microphone because we're going to, in the new year, in the new year, you're going to meet the staff and hear some of the things that are going to be happening for um, our ministries. But right now, I want to just 
talk about another part of our family. This is on the volunteer side that has been here for so long. This is Jim and Marilyn Mettler, and they've been a part of Journey since how long? Since the beginning. Since the very beginning. That means they've been with us through the different stages or rented facilities back in the little tiny facility when there's like 75, 80 of us meeting in that, and you were there um, all the way till now. And Jim, you're making a change. Tell us what's going on in your life. Well, it's been a wonderful ride being here at uh, Journey Church. We've just, Marilyn and I have thoroughly enjoyed it. It's just a wonderful place to be. Uh, <laughs> Marilyn and I are moving to Southern Utah, the St. George area. And uh, it's something we wanted to do uh, when we retired. And um, Marilyn's been retired for a while, and I'm still working. And so I was able to uh, get a new senior vice president that I report to. And... Um, I was going to wait till he was on board for a while before I was going to maybe throw the word at him, hey, can I still keep the same position I have now and live in southern Utah? And so before he even was in the spot of being a senior vice president, I met him at the airport in Las Vegas. We were going to go see some customers. And uh, so we're talking along, and we're at the airport, kind of an odd place. And the Holy Spirit says, okay, Jim, you need to ask... uh, you need to go ahead and ask the senior vice president if you can move to Southern Utah and keep your same position. And I'm thinking, I, I don't, it's not ready to do that yet. It's supposed to be down the road, wait a few months, let the senior VP get in position, and then we'll, then I'll ask. And even then I was thinking, I don't know if this is going to work or not. So anyway, he kept prompting me, the Holy Spirit kept prompting me to uh, ask. So I popped it out and said, you know, Mark, uh, we'd love to live in uh, in Southern Utah, and would that be okay? And he goes, oh, sure, Jim, go ahead. No problem at all. That'd be fantastic. You've done this job forever. I know you can cover it, and it was just magnificent. So we're excited. And you said you have something special waiting for you there, like a brand new what? (laughs) A brand new house. Uh, Yes, we we never thought we'd have a brand new house, and we ended up with a brand new house. It was was kind of amazing. So exciting. And... The home we have here, we put it on the market. Charlotte Gonzalez put it on the market for us, and she, you know, did all the advertising and had the drone fly overhead, take a picture of her home and everything. And she sold it like in two or three days. It was just magnificent. So, wow. God moved quickly. It was really amazing. Well, one of the things that's really hard about this transition is Jim has been the guy who swept up and literally collects all the garbage and the leaves before service every Sunday morning, and he's been doing this for so long. Some of you didn't even know it was happening. Um, but that won't be happening anymore. So if you see leaves out front, guess who's now hired? You are. You guys are. <laughs> you are. We are looking for volunteers. He's been head usher. He's been leading the usher ministry for years. Again, man, when people when people move on, it creates opportunity. You think it as a hole, but I see it as opportunity. It's it's an opportunity for somebody else to say, hey, it's my turn. I'm going to step up. So we're really excited about what God's doing in our church and the new season that he has for each of us and uh, particularly for these people on the stage. So I want you to join me in prayer, and uh, we're just going to pray over them today that God just really opens some incredible opportunities for them in the new season and helps us to fill the really big shoes they'll be leaving empty. So God, we come today, and we're so thankful. As as the God who designed all of this, came up with the idea that we'd be a church that is interdependent, everybody linked to somebody next to them, that all together we can do incredible things alone. We're we're just kind of lost, but together we can change the world. And 
we just thank you for the season that we've spent with these folks, <clears throat> for Brienne and all that she's given and the way she's now moving into nursing, for giving Marilyn moving into a new season in, in Utah. God, this is an incredible opportunity. So bless them in their, in their new stage. And God, just as you have done so much in the past, raise up people to take their spots and to, just to really help make our church and this church family and our representation of your kingdom in this valley the best it can be. God, we pray your blessing on them. And for Sarah, who's now stepping up, taking on a big role on her shoulders, God, for all that's coming and all that you have done, we just give you thanks. And we just ask you to continue. Lead on, Lord God, and we just will follow with joy. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So God bless you guys. You can take, uh, you can set that over there. It's so good. I love our church. I love the season we're in. I love what we get to experience. Yeah, watch your step there. I've tumbled off that once or twice. I love what God is doing, and I love the season. I, I love particularly right now, the Christmas season. We've been in the series the last few weeks. We've been talking about this thing that I think is really, really, really important for all of us. It's the concept of joy. Now, before we get into that today, I just want to do a little quick uh, uh, check-in. I, I just want you to check in, because what, what I discovered is that unless, unless we're intentional, it's hard to be really present, because you've got your mind on other presents that you haven't bought. Or other things that you have to do, or the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. So, man, I just, let's, let's kind of gather our thoughts for a moment. And just do a little personal check-in. Let me ask you, don't, don't answer aloud. How are you? How's it going? Seriously, how's, how's your life? And, and, if, and if I were to let, let you just order breakfast this morning according to your personal feeling, what you're experiencing right now in life, um, I wonder how many of you would say... You know, like eggs benedict you know it's isn't that the one that's like on that little it's no that's a poached egg the poached egg is the one that's on that little stand it's all perfect and you get your little toast and you crack it you know like your life is like so together it's just like it is picture perfect i wonder how many of you would say it's more like you know it's it's more like easy you know what is that uh easy over easy over easy it's like yeah it's kind of like the egg's cracked, but, you know, but, it, but it's kind of going good. It's just, I'm just getting by. And some of you, it's just like, man, it's sunny side up. I mean, it's just, I'm, yeah, life is life, it's a crack, but it's sunny side up. And I wonder how many of you would say, it's a scramble. There's no question about it. My life, it's just scrambled. I mean, hot sauce everywhere. My life is just not anything tidy about it. Try my best, but it just doesn't feel like life is ever going to be all neat and clean and everything in its spot. Regardless of where you come from today, my, kind of my sense is that, <clears throat> that somebody here needs joy. Somebody here needs good news. Somebody here needs to just have that infusion, maybe that weekly infusion of a reminder that the, the life that you're living is actually connected to a grander life, a more, it's like the eternal plan of God is actually unfolding and you're part of it. You're not just on a wild sleigh ride uh, with no meaning, no purpose. You're actually living in a very well-defined space, in a very well-defined time, in a very specific moment that God has placed you. You didn't pick it. You couldn't if you tried. You were given this life. The question is, what are you doing with it? That right now, are you experiencing what you think God wants you to experience? And so we've been going to the Christmas story for the last number of weeks and just saying, well, what does God want us to experience? What does life in God's way look like? 
And what we discovered is that the Bible said that there's this really, really important aspect of life that God wants us to find. And we find that in Luke chapter 2. We've been reading this. And, and again, some of this is repetitive because honestly, I, I don't learn unless I hear it more than once. I mean, I, most things I have to like learning how to communicate in marriage early on. It's like, you need to tell me things. Like, I, I, okay, you need to tell me things. Okay, you need, you need to tell me, you need to start now telling me these things. Like when you have people coming over for dinner and you didn't tell me. So communication, these things are really important. Well, God is communicating with you and God is actually making it repetitive. And so we get this, this lesson. So hopefully you're going to pick up some things today that you're like, yeah, I remember this, but I haven't done much with it or... And this is brand new, but I want to put it into action. So here's the story. And again, this isn't on the screens. It's just going to be, I just want to read it to you. There were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, watching over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in this... And in, in, uh, the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. This is the story that we're in. It isn't just a nice little tidy story bound in leather, put up there for somebody else in somebody else's life, somebody else's age, somebody else's time zone. This, this is your story, if you allow it. This is your invitation. I bring you good news that will be, it will bring great joy to who? To all the people. To all the, this is news for everybody who, and so today what I want to do is, we're just going to kind of look through this story again and say, man, what is God trying to bring to my life? Because my sense is, my belief is, what I've come to is I've read this story over and over and over again, just soaking in it this past season. God wants to bring joy into your life. And right now you think, man, but I've had a rotten week. Man, that whole scrambled egg thing, that's my life. Some of you are thinking, man, I have a lot of pain going on. I've got this difficulty. I've got this relational situation, financial crisis. I've got, I've got this thing going on at work. And I just, man, I can't have joy right now. Maybe after the holiday, maybe after all the problems are solved, then I'll have joy. But that's the whole point. Joy does not come when things are all settled. Matter of fact, if you take a look at the picture that is actually painted, the scriptural story, not the sanitized Christmas carol, not the type that's put on a little card with a picture of the little cute house with a little star over it and all the little wise men and little baby in them, not the cute little sanitized version. I'm talking about the real story of Christmas. Do you do you know what Christmas actually smells like? To Larry. If you've ever been through the central San Joaquin Valley and you come from you, where my hometown is and you go through the San Joaquin and you open your windows through Tulare, that's Christmas. Dairy air. Yes, it is the smell of animals pooping everywhere. <clears throat> that is, we are the dairy capital. And that is the dairy capital of California. It is the absolute life changer. When you drive through it, you won't forget it. It is this, but this is the story of Christmas. Because when I smell that, it takes me back to there's a manger. What is a manger? It's a feeding trough. That means there are animals. That means that's a stable. That means you're going to get the smell of animals and what they do in confined spaces. You're going to get flies. You're going to get those disturbing sounds. You're going to have all of it. That is the story of Christmas. It wasn't picture perfect. 
It wasn't clean. It wasn't easy on anybody being outdoors instead of inside. It was a very challenging situation. And in the midst of that, these people found joy, so much joy that they just couldn't keep it to themselves. So that's what we're talking about. And if you, if the life that you're living, it's kind of like that manger scene, just mess everywhere and it reeks and there's nothing and it just feels like crisis and things aren't straight and nothing's as it should be, then welcome to Christmas. That's how Jesus came. That was his choice. He picked it. He brought himself into this world this way. And now he wants to invite us into it <clears throat> because there's challenges. We know that there's the bad things that are, that, that it shouldn't have happened in our lives. And it's, it's, all of us have bad, and some of it's brought on by our own choices. Let's be honest. We make a lot of bad choices, and a lot of those choices, they hurt us. They come back to haunt us. But then there are choices. There are things that happen in our life that we had nothing to do with it. Nobody deserves. They just happen because it's a broken world. So we struggle with joy because, well, the bad stuff that's happened. And then there's the good stuff that hasn't happened that kind of, like, strains our joy because, like, well, but I... But I'm a good person, and I tried really hard to be in love and to serve and to be a good spouse, or I tried really hard with my kids, or I, I, I just, but this good thing, I had this dream, I launched this business with this sense of, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a difference, and I just watched my whole dream melt down as my business collapsed, or you had a dream, or you had a heart that you just wanted to share with somebody, and you were hoping that that person, you were just praying that that person would change, and that they would they would come to their senses and their life would come together and that person hasn't changed, their heart hasn't changed. Maybe it was a prayer that you've prayed over and over and over and it's just not happening. It's like, man, <clears throat> joy, I, I struggle with joy because of the, the stuff that hasn't happened that I, I want to happen. Well, if joy came because of hard work, then workaholics would have the most joy. <clears throat> and I, last check, didn't see that in most workaholics. If, if it was a matter of just being the nicest person, then all the nice people would have the perfect lives. They don't. Joy is a choice, what I'm discovering. Joy is actually an understanding about who you are, what story you're in, and entering into this, the truth that God has given us in such a way that it actually changes the way you see the world. It isn't changing your circumstances, making everything right. And by the way, I get it. If you're in a crazy season, we're going to talk about that coming in January how to structure your physical world so that you can actually get the most out of what you're living. But there's some things you, you, you can't experience joy just by having everything line up. That's not how it works. <clears throat> if joy's going to work, it's got to work in the real stable, smelly, broken egg kind of world. So how do we get that? You can choose to be an angry person can choose to be a discouraged person you can choose to be a frustrated person and we're going to have all those emotions but in the midst of that if i understand the scriptures correctly we can choose to have the scriptures change us the story change us to transform us and we can actually experience joy so how does it work in the real world now just picture your life is <clears throat> like an arrow okay you know when you go to the mall you got that map that says you are here okay the arrow is pointing at your actual normal life. And, and for you, that normal life, that arrow may be pointing to a very boring, just kind of everyday ho-hum kind of life. I mean, that arrow may be pointing to like a cauldron that's just boiling over with all kinds of trouble. Maybe it's, maybe it's a little explosive. But that arrow, just picture the arrow right now, is you are here. This is your life. Whatever that means. 
And then there's this little dot over here like at Macy's or somewhere. And it's like, that's the life I want. That, li- that dot maybe represents joy. Where, where life is that overwhelming sense of God's goodness pervades. It just, it just breaks through everything else. And there's that dot. There's the arrow and there's the dot. And your question is, how do I move my life from where it is, this normal mundane, everything, to this life of joy? How do I move? How do I connect those dots? Well, this is, again, why we're going back to the, to the story of Christmas. <clears throat> That's why we go back and revisit this repetitively. <clears throat> I read this week that Dr. David Myers and his research of that in the book, The Pursuit of Happiness, maybe you saw the movie, fantastic story. He discovered over 17 years, there were over 80,000 research projects done on depression in the United States. While during the same 17 years, there were only 400 documented projects studying joy. We're, we're actually fixated on depression. I mean, we're obsessed with it. It's everywhere. And, and if it's true, what they say that you get what you're looking for, guess what most researchers are getting? We're finding depression because that's what we're consumed with. We're seeing it everywhere and we're just kind of... And what if we were to transition to this idea of, I think joy is available. I want to find it. Let's put our attention there. Three choices that result in joy from the Christmas story. First one, I want you to choose to personally receive it, to receive the good news. I want you to personally receive the good news. Now, right now, Again, I want you to check in with yourself. Just check, with, check in with yourself. Where are you right now? Is the story of Christmas a story from out there in history somewhere? It's like a fairy tale or anything else. It, it's probably really good, but it hasn't really transformed you. If the story of Jesus' birth and coming to earth has not really changed the way you're living, then it, maybe it has not become personal enough. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not your story yet. Have you ever been really down and, and the phone rings and it's somebody that you haven't heard from in a long time and they just have some, it's really good news? No? Has anybody else ever in your life ever had a phone call that you were, and they had some really good news? Well, have you ever turned on the TV and turned to the news? And no, it's never good news. So forget that, especially right now. But isn't it true that have you ever gotten a bonus? Have you ever gotten a card? Have you ever gotten some information that for you is just like, Oh, man, that felt so good. Maybe a compliment or something. Good news. You know how, that, how good that feels when we hear good news? I mean, it just unleashes something inside of us. It brings joy into our lives. <clears throat> That's what the shepherds were hearing in, in Luke 2.10. Now, the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. The message of good news is not just for the shepherds, it's for everybody. This is personal. God sent a son into the world to die that everyone, so whoever would believe, whoever would have wanted to enter into this life, has the option to. But you have to make it personal. It has to be your decision, not your wife, your friend, your boyfriend, somebody else. It has to be your decision. You have to decide, I'm ready to move into life God's way. I'm ready to move to make a full surrender of my life to the story that God is writing and I want to be a part of it and I want to just completely trust Him. The angel said, don't be afraid. I know life is a little scary, but 
There's good news and great joy for everybody who will receive it. <clears throat> now, do you think, you, when, you, when you think about this, what is a shepherd's life like? Before this got this good news, think about it. Um, for the first century shepherd, you need to understand that the shepherds were not well-respected people. As a matter of fact, of the social rung of things, they were on the bottom rung right above, above slaves, conquered peoples. They literally were thought so poorly of that they were considered liars and thieves, that they were, they were like put out to pasture, like away from society a little bit. Did you know that in the first century, a shepherd's testimony could not be used in court because they were considered unreliable? I mean, they were literally disrespected in such a way. Do you find it interesting, though, in that, kind of in that scenario, that the first people God brings the story and announcement to is the least? I mean, you may, I don't know who you think you are. I mean, you may think you're, you're... He came to kings as well. I mean, Herod got the word just like the rest. But I think it's interesting that God's heart was beating for the people who saw themselves as kind of a, outside the story, outside the picture, normal, boring, everyday lives. If that relates to you in any way, can I just tell you that the story of the absolute love of God is aimed directly at you? That the story of the shepherds normal... I mean, if you think sheep are boring creatures in the daytime, what are they like when they're asleep? I mean, this is in the middle of the most boring, mundane life cycle of a shepherd. The middle... It says they were watching their flocks at night when the sheep are doing what? They're just... They're just there. <clears throat> they came in. God broke in. And God announced good news. I think some of you, if you were to just let yourself right now, there's a bell ringing somewhere in your mind, in your heart. There's like a, there's like a signal that God is sending that this is your chance to wake up. This is your moment. The message is coming that your life can change. Your world can change. Your picture, your dynamic, your understanding of the world and, and the, even the way people perceive you can change. Everything can change if you receive this, if you really get this message. <clears throat> the good news, Jesus came. As a matter of fact, did you know the Gospels? Gospel literally means good news. So there's the Gospel of the good news of Matthew, the good news of Mark, the good news of Luke, the good news of John. In other words, every one of them had such an encounter with Jesus that they recorded these things to express the good news. And they all take different vantage points from different people's perspective of what happened when they experienced Jesus. It was good news. And the good news for you is this. Into your regular mundane life or your high in the, in the castle of life, whatever yours is, whether you're, whether you're poached on a little beautiful stand or whether you're scrambled all over, the good news is that the God of heaven has intervened in the brokenness and the affairs of man and the, the renewal of the world that has been promised from the beginning of our fall forward. The, the renewal has begun. The restoration of all things has started with Jesus. And everyone who wants can participate. It's a choice, it's available to you, and it's up to you to personalize this. That this, It begins with you acknowledging the fact that you are, in fact, on the other side of the story. The enemies of God are those who have defied Him, disobeyed Him, and not worked according to His renewal plan for the world. If that's you, if you've sinned, if you've gone against any of the teachings of Scripture, the Bible's commandments, then that then that's, means me and you are like on this side of God, the far side. The cavern in between. And the Bible says that God has bridged that gap, that incredible distance of eternity, to come to us and to make himself known to us. And that he offers us the chance to come over and join him on his side. It's called sin. We're all part of it. We've all done it. 
We all live in it. And he said, I can free you from it. I can forgive you for it. Not only that, it's not, not that it's just like I'm making a bad person good. It's making a dead person alive. It's literally awakening your heart to some brand new reality. The kingdom of heaven, the, the God of heaven has now come to live and dwell in me and work through me. It's the good news that your past, whatever it is, can be washed like the snow. And by the way, we're supposed to get it Wednesday and Thursday. Hallelujah. Let's have a white Christmas, Lord. Amen. So it's that you're... It's like you look at your backyard and all the dirty mess. It's like that whole blanket of just covers all that. Jesus, that's what he did on the cross. He covered all of it. If you will personal, if it's personally your choice to receive that gift, you can have new life. Forgiveness of sins. Not only that, he says he'll plant the Holy Spirit. Right at the, that the holy presence of God will live inside to guide you, direct you, prompt you. It'll convict you of sin. He'll tell you when you're doing, getting off the track. But he'll also guide you to living the full life of God. This is the Holy Spirit. That's good news. Not only that, he said that he will never leave us or forsake us. It doesn't mean if heights. I mean, he says it doesn't matter heights or depths or powers, principalities, powers. doesn't matter what happens in this age or the present age or the years, age to come. You will never be separated from God's love when you walk and receive this. And not only that, he cares about your struggles. He cares about your relationships. He cares about your pain. He cares about your pain in the rear boss. He cares about all those things. He cares. And he wants to perfect you, to lead you. He's inviting you to help rule and reign with him, to join with him in the renewal of creation. He's inviting you to be a part of this. But are you going to personalize? Are you going to receive this personal invitation? Or are you just going to mentally think, that's for somebody else. It's out there. Romans 1.16 says this. <clears throat> Paul tells the church, I am not ashamed of the good news, the gospel, because it's the power of God to bring salvation to everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. Good news is God has invited you to have a relationship. Wouldn't it be strange right now if your cell phone went off right during church and you picked it up and it was God? I mean, it was just like, God, what would your first impression be if it really were? It's like, <laughs> do you answer? Do you even want to know what he has to say? Would you be like terrified? Like, what is he going to tell me? Those 800 things I did wrong this week? You know, my, how, how guilty I am? How ashamed I should feel? I mean, what, what would God say if he literally called me right now? And, and, if, and the reality is God has dialed your number. He has it, and he is calling it, and he is saying, will you pick up? And by the way, what I have to tell you, he said, here's my first entry point. You need to understand this. When I came to the earth, what did I say? What was my announcement? I have good news. You have been disconnected and lost and alone, and you will never have to be that again. I have good news. You have been dead, and I want to make you alive. You've been lost, and I want to help you be found. You've been a part of something that was just kind of meandering through life, trying to make your own way. I want to invite you to be part of the renewal project of the universe. You in? What if your phone rang? I mean, God is sending the invitation to you. That's what it is. I love you. I want to forgive you. I want to guide you. I want to lead you. And I want you to, help. I want you to experience all the joys of creation that I have made and have stored up for just these people. Are you in? That's joy. <clears throat> joy is applying God's truth in our present circumstances. It's getting personal about this. It's making it personal. It's kind of like, you guys ever gone to Chuck E. Cheese and played that little game called Whack-A-Mole? All right, and now they, they've got some that are whack an alligator or whack whatever. <clears throat> but the game is basically this. You've got like these 16 little holes, and, and out of those little holes pops up this little, this little plastic character, right? Little mole. 
and you've got this big mallet, it's like big foam mallet thing, and when he pops up, your job is to smack him in the head. I mean, what a cruel game. Who came up with that anyway? Animal rights people should have something to say about that. Anyway, th this, you whack him, right? It's like, because he shouldn't be in my life. You know, get out of here. And, and the, the mole pops up, and so as soon as you whack him here, he pops up over here. You whack him over there. Guess what? Then what happens? He pops up over here and over here at the same time. <clears throat> and you've only got one mallet. So you got boom, boom. Ah, ha, ha. And then he pops up again. Two, three, four, five. Now pretty soon though, he's popping up so fast and so, so often that you can't whack them all. Do you feel like your problems are whack-a-mole? That your life is a whack-a-mole game? It's like you just get this, you get this one kid in control and guess what? The other one goes out and goes nuts. Just to take care of this one problem. It's like we're fixing the crack. We have a broken pipe under our slab, and we've been dealing with this. You know, so you just get that fixed, and something else goes wrong. So it's like, what is it now? Well, how do we handle this? How do we have joy? What does it look like when God is living with us in this circumstance? How do we express joy or feel it or sense it in that moment? Well, my, my best take on this is that you actually bring the truth of God to bear on those problems as they arise. When you sense that I mean, I'm just all alone in this, I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm, I'm just a mess and I'll never be different. And the Bible just comes back and says, listen, he who began a good work on you will complete it. He will continue to work at it till he is finished with you. Because in Christ Jesus, you are not only just a child. You are a child that is becoming the radiance of God. You are the reflection. You are the image bearers of God. I'm not done with you until you reflect me perfectly. And so God's continuing to work. You have another problem come up. You address it with scripture. You address another one. You know, you, I just think this is a crazy thing. And when you come, you run out of hands to whack those moles. I don't know about you, but in my family, we whack them together. Everybody get around. And when, we were, when my kids get, like, you get that side, I'll get the side, and we'll go at it. You need people in your life. The joy is released when you share this with others. And you get to experience this, this thing together. Your problems are addressed by the Word of God and people coming alongside you, helping you. There was a pastor by the name of J.C. Ryle who lived in the early 1900s, and he said, What's your problem? Even back then, he said, I mean, I guess they had problems back then, too. What's your problem? One of the reasons you get so upset about your problems is that you don't realize the great debt of your sin, which is the only problem that could really sink you, has been solved. I mean, that's brilliant. That's such good news. You worry about your health, when in reality you have a glorious body awaiting you, right? Scripture promises that he's, got to, he's going to renew even our bodies. You worry about your finances, not realizing the only debt that really matters has been paid. When you understand that, all other problems seem small. And when you look at life in terms of, in, in perspective of eternity, then when you get on God's side of this perspective and you look through His lens, it just changes what you're going through right now. This is all small stuff. It's all small stuff. I love that Spurgeon said this. He said, to the man or woman who has been saved from hell, hey, what are you complaining about? <laughs> what, what else is there? To, I mean, you have life eternal. And obviously, that's a little more complicated, but that's the first. Personalize it. I mean, you, you own this. Next, continue to walk in the good news. And I had a little typo there. Continue to walk in the good news. It's a choice. Joy is a choice. You've got to choose what frame of mind, what perspective you take. So the shepherds, what did they do? They heard God tell them to go find a baby. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger, right? <clears throat> that was an encouragement to get up and do it. And they did it. 
What did they do? They immediately, they got up and moved. When the angel had left them, went into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Why did they go? Because God was up to something. And they were ready to leave their mundane, ordinary life to join him. Why did they go? Because there was something that they sensed could change about their lives if they did something with this information. <clears throat> they could have spent the rest of their lives in that same little village, I mean, outside that same little village, in that same pasture with those same sheep. They could have spent their entire lives there. I wonder how many people come to church, hear the incredible good news, and still continue to live in the pasture with the sheep when God has said, I want to invite you into the story. You need to experience this. Come follow me. Get in the middle of it. And you're just still there. I mean, what would they be thinking? I mean, years later, if they had stayed in the pasture, they would have, man, if they had said, I don't know if it's true, what should we do? I don't know. Let's just stay here and continue to watch sheep. What would have happened? I think later in their life, they'd have been saying, guys, with what's happened and how the world's changed, do you, what would have happened if we had gone into the city and found this child? What could it have done to us? How could it have changed? I mean, it's, Symbolically, I find it's really easy for us to get stuck in the fields outside of Bethlehem. I think it's really easy for us just to settle into life, let God be doing his thing over there, and it's just like, well, I just got to kind of hammer it out. I just got to make my own way. got to figure it out. got to make my way through. And God's like, I've just given you the greatest news in the world, and you're going to sit there in this sheep pasture and let it pass you? When are you going to start living this life and just... Stop hearing about it. When are you going to start doing this? When are you going to trust me with your life? Trust me with your decisions. Trust me with your relationships. Trust me with your finances. Trust me with your, with your parenting. Trust me with your, parent, your spouse situation. When are you going to really start living this? Folks, the reason joy is evading some of us is because we haven't applied what we already know to be true. We're not living it. Joy comes by living it out. <clears throat> they got up and went to the city, and then when they did, they were overwhelmed with joy. They saw the Christ child. They were overwhelmed with God, what God was doing. I just want to, I just want to encourage you. <clears throat> it's never too late to trust Him. I mean, right now, whatever it is that's been keeping you at a distance from God and making a full surrender and really going all in. If you got that thing, if, if that's all you ever... Is that enough to have missed out on what God had dreamed for you in your life? I mean, so you got that job, you got that guy, you got that gal, you got that career, you got that car, you got that house. <clears throat> really, is that enough? Is that worth missing out on the eternal plan of God for your life? Just sitting in your pasture, whatever that is? Help you make your decisions. He'll guide you. Psalms 19.8, the commandments of the Lord are right bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight to life. <clears throat> what the psalmist and what David repeatedly said over and over and over is this. We've discovered that there's a way to live that actually unleashes the greatness of God in our lives. We get to encounter the divine when we live God's way. Not just by thinking God's, oh, God's good and he's meaningful and yeah, that's a really exciting story. But when we live that, when I say commandments, don't say it out loud, but what's your first, what, what would be the first word that comes to your mind when I hear, you hear commandments? <clears throat> Some of you would be thinking restrictions, um, refined or, or confining, like losing freedom, 
you don't think of joy. Because you have not understood what is happening in the commandment. It, it's kind of like Christmas is one of those times. Have you ever gotten like a toy for your kids and it comes in boxes and there are like 1,500 parts and you're like, uh, you get, and you've got to figure it out and the instructions come in Chinese or some other language <clears throat> or, or you read them but you, they just don't make sense and you're looking at it and you're like, uh, okay, well, I know wheels go on here, but other than that, I'm, I'm kind of lost. I mean, that is... Some of you, to be honest, some of us, with life, we've been given this unbelievably, unbelievably complex thing to, to manage. And we're, we've got this thing, and there's so many moving parts. And without instructions, without the user's manual, you're just kind of like throwing it together your best. And guess what? You're going to get scrambled eggs when you do that. You're going to get it together and like, oh man, if I'd have known that 13 moves ago, I would have put this in first because this has to go in for those two things to fit together. And man, if I just had a... You do have an owner's manual. You know, God has been really insightful in giving us instructions. And he says that when we, the law of the Lord is perfect, refining the soul, that it actually, it actually refines and it actually gives you the step. And if we would consider that God said, I made you, I made you in a very specific way. When you live in the way, if you live within the system that I built for you, it's like, you are in your sweet spot. Every time you live in these ways, you are in the sweet spot of life. You're going to experience greater joy, faith. You're going to have all those things that I was talking about. If you live in this, you're going to experience more of that. And then you just kind of take it like, ah, oh, don't need it. Do it myself. How many of us have done that? I mean, in the simple projects, most of us are like, we can figure it out. But when, when it gets really complex, build a nuclear reactor from scratch without instructions. I mean, that's your life. When it blows up, I mean, it's earth-shaking. So why not say, okay, God, I'm going to figure out what you're saying to do. I'm going to do it. Joy is doing what God says to do. Joy is following God in spite of the circumstance. Joy is stepping into God's plan for my life and, and following his instructions so that I can find the best way to live. Psalms 97, another one of these great psalms. Light shines on the godly, and joy on those who do right. When you do what God says, it brings joy. <clears throat> I'm going to move on to the final thing. Last one. Joy comes when you share the good news. The shepherds didn't just experience it, man. Once they heard it, what did they do? I love this next passage. When, they, when they'd seen him, when they'd seen the baby Jesus, they spread the word concerning what they'd been told about this child. They went out immediately and told everybody else. You guys won't believe what we just heard. You won't believe what just happened. We're, you've got to know this. You've got to experience this. With joy, Psalms 107 says, they should tell what he has done. With joy. Folks, here's the thing. <clears throat> Some of you have experienced this incredible burst of joy when you've done good for others. Those of you who contributed, like Chase was saying, to the foster party... Oh my gosh, you know, just watching those kids come and, go, and hearing the stories about these kids that were, somebody who was going through a really hard time and, and their worker was hearing that and, and some of the other kids came around and said, you need to know about this church, this church that did this incredible thing for us. You need to go to this church. This is something you can experience. Some of you have. Some of you have still not realized that if, you, if everything's just flowing in, that's called the Dead Sea. If there's nothing going back out, it... 
a well that's like water only goes in and doesn't go out or something, it stagnates. A pond that water just collects and doesn't ever leave, it stagnates. And some of you have literally stagnated your life by just holding on and holding on and holding on. You've kept the good news to yourself so long, it doesn't even feel good anymore. It's kind of gone sour. The way that we change this around is, man, we've got to get, we got to open the hearts and just like pour it out. Give the good news away. Give it away. People who lived alongside Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa was, of course, the, the, the lady who went to India. She went to Calcutta to one of the most impoverished places in the world. And she went to the most poor of the poor, to the cities, streets where people were like laid out. They laid out their dead every day to die because they couldn't care for them. There's no, there's no medical program, so they laid them out on the streets to die. Mother Teresa then started a mission where they went and picked up the dead and die, or the dying and brought them in and just to give them dignity before their death, just to give them love and care and a little kind hand and a smile and a gentle touch and a little liquid, little refreshment, little food. This was Mother Teresa's goal, just to bring some life to love and joy to those who were suffering and dying. And the people who worked around her always remarked... <clears throat> about that she was the most unbelievable little spark plug of joy. And what was most remarkable was not that she just kept serving, though she went through personal crisis and physical pain and loss, that she kept serving. What was extraordinary was her capacity for joy in the middle of whatever happened. And what they discovered, David Myers, he's a Christian psychologist, wrote a whole book about this thing called joy. And he said that, that it is people who are consistently in negative moods joyless people who are most likely to be self-preoccupied, self-absorbed, relationally withdrawn, least likely to serve, least likely to love, most likely to think of themselves and themselves only when it comes to their means, their wealth, their, their prosperity, their blessing. In the experiment, after experiment, he discovered people who are highest in joy are also those most likely to help others in need. Those who give <clears throat> are the ones who receive. wonder where we heard that before. It is, in, it is in giving that we receive. It is in sharing that we experience joy. Those of you who have been around church for a while, man, if you've gotten a little, sol- a little solid, if, if you're kind of like petrified, your, your faith has just kind of like worked itself into a little ball and it's never been shared, or if you're really not enjoying your life, then can I just encourage you? When, when Jesus said, here's what I want you to do. I'm leaving the planet. I'm leaving it up to you. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation, tell everybody what's happening, tell everybody what God's up to, and invite them to be followers, disciples. Make disciples of all nations. Man, if you haven't joined in on that, this is your invitation. As the band comes right now and we close our service, I just want to tell you that if you're, if you're receiving this as personal, if you're literally beginning to walk this out in the way you're practicing your daily routines, your next step is you've got to share it. We've got a Christmas Eve service just coming up in a couple days, and, and it's going to be really, really crowded at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. There's a little more space, but if you could, invite somebody. If they can't come Christmas Eve, then did you know most people like open Christmas and Easter? They see that billions of people around the world are celebrating this thing, and even if they don't believe it, they're kind of like, why, why are so many people, really, really bright together people, why are these people so like, aching with this? And they're open. This is a perfect time to invite somebody. And if not, January, it's a great time, new series. Can I just pray over you today that whatever it is God's speaking to you, that joy would become a reality in your life as you experience the story, the perspective, people like the shepherds. 
They heard it and received it. They began to walk in it and practice it. And then they began to share it with everybody else because you can't keep good news to yourself. And that brought them incredible joy. This season, I want joy for you. Can I pray for you? Heavenly Father, as we close today, our hearts, lives, minds, for some of us, they they kind of look all together, a nice little pretty package, but inside, Lord, it's, it's still kind of empty. For others, they're trying to keep the sunny side up, and it's just doing their best, but but to be honest, there are a lot of us, it's just like Humpty Dumpty, man. It's just scrambled egg. It's our lives just, we can't put all the pieces together. We don't know how everything fits. We're trying our best, but even on our best day, joy is a fleeting thing. It's not a reality we live in, so God, I pray that everybody in this room today, everybody watching online, everybody who's experiencing these words, be drawn to the story in a personal way. The real life story of Jesus. They would see the invitation is to everybody, to the least and the greatest. That your heart is out to everybody who wants to receive, that they can receive it today and it would be personal. And then it takes even a greater, greater sense of joy when they begin to practice it, to walk it out, to serve, and, and, then, and then just to give it to others. God, I, I pray that would be our reality. Let joy be brought to this world this year in this, in this particular place, Lord, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, we are going to just hope to see you back on Christmas Eve. Let's stand up and worship one more time before we head out.
we'll see you next time.